First, Father, thank you for the service so far. Thank you for the, the words, these great words of these songs that were sung for us and the liturgy. Thank you for, for this world of, of words and of concepts and of, of images that brings you near. We pray, Lord, during the remainder of the service that you would continue to fill these words with your spirit and that through all of this, you would draw us near and help us to become even more so the kinds of people that draw others near to your service. We ask in Messiah's name. So today, I wanna talk about lights that must be tended. Uh, this was suggested in part by the fact that at Purim, we, we read towards the end of the book of Esther that it says the Jews had light and gladness. Light, we all normally think of light only in the context of, of Hanukkah and of Shabbat, Shabbat candles, but light is also mentioned in uh, at Purim, but it's also mentioned in this week's Torah reading. So we're gonna to look today at lights that must be tended Lessons for us from the Ner Tamid, the eternal light. I want you to consider with me the chaos of power outages. In November of 1965, I was sitting in the back room of a church in Times Square. It was about maybe 5.20 p.m. or so. And... Uh, then all the lights went out. It was the great Northeast blackout. It was the first such blackout that I remember in my life in New York. Uh, it was a cause of great scandal because restaurants around there and places started charging $5 at least for a, for a hot dog or maybe $10, I don't remember, but they were gouging. There was a lot of price gouging going on because people were stuck in Manhattan. I don't remember how I got home that night. I, I assume uh, the, the, the blackout did not last for days. So I, maybe I waited until close to dawn before I got home. I don't remember. But we all do remember what's happened with February 10th and following in Texas, the whole Balagan, the whole mishmash about what's going on for the poor people in the Southwest, especially in Texas. 30 million people affected, $19 billion and counting of damage and many horrifying deaths. I won't go into them, but if you've read about any of them, it is heartbreaking. And then in our own area, we periodically have uh, power outages and it can be a real inconvenience to say the least. We only become aware of how much we depend upon power and how much we depend upon artificial light when that is taken away from us. So power outages and a lack of light is something to really pay attention to. We need power. We need light and lights must be tended. 
That's what I want you to think about with me today. We need power. We need light and lights must be tended. So today we're gonna to look at three ideas to illumine our darkness. The first idea is suggested directly by the beginning of today's Torah reading. Light in the tabernacle, in the temple, and later light in the synagogue, the ner tamid, the eternal light over the ark. These are lights that must be tended. Secondly, we'll look at Yeshua, the light to be attended to. We must pay attention to this light. And thirdly, we must pay attention to how we tend our lives as lights in the world. Those are the three ideas that we're going to explore today. First, light in the tabernacle, the temple, the synagogue, lights to be tended. This is the beginning of today's Torah reading. You are to order the people of Israel to bring you pure oil of pounded olives for the light. Notice the light doesn't come from the sky. The light needs to be prepared by the people. They need to bring, they need to grow the olives, pound the olives, extract the oil. You are to order the people of Israel to bring you pure oil of pounded olives for the light and to keep a lamp burning continually. Aner tamid. That's the Hebrew for it. Aharon and his sons are to put it in the tent of meeting outside the curtain in front of the testimony and keep it burning from evening until morning before Adonai. This is to be a permanent regulation throughout all generations for the people of Israel. Let's look at that a little closer. As we said a moment ago, the oil for the flames is oil that was brought by the people. We have a responsibility to create the light, to keep the light burning. In the Mishkan, that is the tabernacle, and in the first and second temples, there was a menorah, a seven-branched candlestick, which was the light, of which one light was never allowed to go out. Our tradition tells us that at least one of those lights was never allowed to go out. It was called the westward light. But the point I'm making now is that the light needed to be tended and burn continually. Also, the flame on the sacrificial altar was never allowed to go out. It must burn continually. We're going to pick up with these thoughts later on, so hang in there. In synagogues, in modern temples, a light called the Ner Tamid burns over the ark constantly. All of these lights, the light in the temple, the light in the second temple, the light uh, in synagogues, all these flames need tending. So let's talk about what this light in the in our modern synagogues now, what, what has what have our, has our tradition are gathered together as a significant significance of these lights? Well, first of all, 
our tradition says that this light that's over the ark in our synagogues is meant to symbolize the light of Torah. Well, that's not bad. Isaiah chapter 2 says that many peoples will go and say, come, let's go up to the mountain of Adonai, to the house of the God of Yaakov. He will teach us his ways. We will walk in his paths. For out of Zion will go forth Torah, and the word of Adonai from Jerusalem, the sons of Yaakov, come, let's live in the light of Adonai. What is the light of Adonai? It's the light of Torah. It's the light of holy instruction. We can use that word Torah to apply strictly to the five books of Moses, but more broadly, Jewish life uses it uh, to apply to all holy instruction. So first of all, the eternal light is meant to remind us that we must walk in the light of God's word, God's holy instruction. But the light, the eternal light, also symbolizes something else. The Shekhinah, that is the manifest presence of God that was manifest over the Ark of the Covenant. And we read in today's reading, place it in front of the curtain on the Ark of Testimony, in front of the Ark cover that is over the testimony, where I will meet with you. There, over the Ark of the Covenant, between the Kruvim, the cherubim, on top of the Ark, the living God manifested his presence in a radiance, which we call the Shekhinah. So the lights in our temples, in our synagogues, and the lights that were in the temple first and second temple, remind us of the radiant presence of God. Thirdly, let's look at this. How is the Messiah, Yeshua, the light to be attended to? This is our second major point. First, looking first at what the, the light symbolized in the first temple, the second temple, in our, in our synagogues. Secondly, let's look at Yeshua as the light to be attended to. He is the word made flesh. He is the living Torah. If we were supposed to pay attention to walk in the light of Adonai, come, lehu Yisrael, come, come people of Israel, walk in the light of Torah, walk in the light of the Lord, how much more you walk in the light of the word made flesh. Somebody's singing, Rusty? Sorry about that. That's okay. The word made flesh, the living Torah. But he also is the embodiment, not only of the Torah, but of the spirit, the Shekhinah. We should tend to, attend to Yeshua, because he's the one on whom the spirit rests. We read in John 3, 34, the one on whom God sent speaks God's words. For God does not give him the spirit in limited degree. So Yeshua is the embodiment of the eternal light. He is the living Torah. He's also the one on whom the spirit rests. He's, it's interesting. We read in John, the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. This word tabernacled in Greek is the same word that is related to the word that's used for the shekhinah, the 
the, the manifest presence of God in Yeshua, the word was made flesh and the manifest presence of God tabernacled among us. So we pay attention to Yeshua, who is the eternal light. So he's also the light of the world. Yeshua spoke to them again. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light which gives life. So Yeshua is the word made flesh. He is the light of Torah made flesh. He is the manifest presence of God made flesh. He is the light of the world. And we should pay attention to all of this. If we do not walk in these lights, we walk in darkness. And that's not good. And remember that the light of his sacrifice never goes out. What do I mean by that? I mean that we never cease needing the light of his sacrifice and also the example he set before us. We read in 1 Peter that the Messiah also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. The light of his sacrifice, of his dedication, of his commitment, of his obedience never goes out and we should walk in that light. He left us an example that we should follow in his steps. So how shall you and I, each of us, tend to our lives as lights in the world? And remember, if you don't bother, if I don't bother, we make the world a darker place and we walk in our own shadow. We walk in darkness. So how shall we tend to our lives as lights in the world? First, like Yeshua, we should seek to embody God's word in how we live. We should be God's holy instruction embodied. Paul could say to his disciples, he says, be imitators of me as I am of the Messiah. And he points to other people who embody the light of God's holy instruction. We should be people who, when others imitate us, they become more godly. Like Yeshua, we, you and I, should seek to embody God's word in how we live. It's not going to happen automatically. Just like the light in the temple didn't happen automatically, the people had to grow the olives, pound the olives, extract uh, the, the oil, and bring it. We have work to do. Like Yeshua, we should seek to embody God's holy word in how we live. We should be embodiments of God's instruction. Secondly, like Yeshua, we should live as those upon whom the Spirit rests, in whom the Spirit dwells. We have been studying the Corinthian correspondence. Paul is at pains repeatedly to say, don't you know that you are the temple of the living God and that God's Holy Spirit lives in you? I would ask the same question of you, my friends. 
I would ask the same question of myself. Don't you know that you are the temple of the living God and that the spirit of the living God lives in you? If that light of the Shekhinah lives in us, we should live as those in whom the spirit rests, in whom the spirit dwells. We should tend to that light. We should be sensitive to the influence of the spirit. We should cultivate a responsiveness to the spirit. We should not just live mindlessly. Like Yeshua, we should also live sacrificial lives. The flame of our sacrifice should never go out. We should be people who inconvenience ourselves at the very least for the sake of God's righteousness in the world. And like Yeshua, we should strive to be lights in the world, pointing people to paths of righteousness, repentance towards God, and faith. We should be lights in the world. You know, it's so obvious. And really, at the risk of sounding trivial, it's fun. It's rewarding. It's in, sometimes it's difficult, but it's the life worth living, a life where we point people to paths of righteousness, to repentance, to faith, a life in which we make sacrifices and the fun of our sacrifice should never go out. So, today we looked at these ideas to illumine our darkness. We saw the lights in the tabernacle, the temple, and the synagogue. Lights to be tended. We saw Yeshua as the light to be attended to, that we must pay attention to Yeshua, who is the embodiment of the Word. He's the Word made flesh. He is the Spirit of God embodied in human form. We saw that we, like him, need to strive to be lights in the world, illuminating for others paths of righteousness, repentance, and faith. We need to live sacrificial lives. We need to pound out the olive oil that will burn. May our sacrificial lives May our sacrificial fires never go out. May we tend the flame of our lives. Remember, my friends, to tend your lamp. It says in Proverbs, Ne'er Adonai Nishmat Adam. The human spirit is a lamp of Adonai. Let's tend our lamps. Let's trim the wicks. Let's keep burning. For Yeshua's namesake, for the honor of our God, in the power of the Spirit. Until we enter into that kingdom, which is always light. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, 
O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. I pray that your spirit would wrestle with all of us, that you would awaken us, not simply to the responsibilities, but to the potentialities and rewards of a life of holy commitments. May we pound out, may we grow the olives, may we pound out the olive oil, may we contribute to being lights in the world. We ask in Messiah's name. Amen. And Amen.